Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello everyone and welcome to The Ruck from The Times and The Sunday Times and we're on location today, standing in the stands at Twickenham, very sunny, sunglasses on, uh, there's some, a few easy jet planes going above us and all that, it's, it's a nice scene and we're here because England are announcing their World Cup squad. I'm here with Alex Lowe, rugby correspondent Hello. of The Times. Hello, William. And I'm here with Stephen Jones, rugby correspondent Morning. of The Sunday Times. Will, other airlines are available. Oh, that, are they just are? looking around, there's British Airways logos literally everywhere you look. Yeah. Yeah, they okay. haven't quite named it British Airways <laughs> Twickenham yet, L- unlike Scottish Gas Murrayfield, which I think we're all going to have well, to refer to. It's a But anyway, lads, so the, the reason we're here, as we said, is that Steve Borthwick is confirming his 33-man score for the Rugby World Cup today. This is Monday, for all of you listening on different days. A few surprises. Should we start absolutely right at the top? The big omission that we broke the news on Sunday night, or, well, Sunday lunchtime, really, Henry Slade dropped Joe Marchant in. So should, should we? I'll tell you what. We'll run through the full thirty-three, and then we'll start discussing and sort so of in, how in we New came Zealand to the story. In New Zealand, they got Richie McCaw to do this. Oh, did they? Yeah, to announce yeah. the All Black squad. I'm, but I'm not going to do the. We've accent. got we've got Will Kelleher to <laughs> announce the England squad. So your thirty-three man England squad. Your at least Will Kelleher always, has always been on side. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start forwards and then go to the back. So Ellis Gens, Joe Marler, Bevan Rod, Jamie George. Jack Walker, Theo Dan, Kyle Sinclair, Dan Cole, Will Stewart, Mara Toji, Ollie Chesham, George Martin, David Ribbons, Courtney Laws, Lewis Ludlam, Tom Curry, Jack Willis, Ben Earl, Billy Vinopola, and in the backs, Ben Youngs, Danny Kerr, Jack Van Portfleet, Owen Farrell, George Ford, Marcus Smith, Manu Tuolangi, Ollie Lawrence, Joe Marchant, Anthony Watson, Elliot Daly, Max Malins, Henry Arundel, And Freddie Stewart. So, as the Times revealed on Sunday, Henry Slade not being picked. Now, should we start, Alex, by explaining to the readers how we came about, or the the process of trying to get that story? How we broke the squad. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was. So, last week's pod was was us selecting what, as a collective, we might we might have picked. It's a conversation that's dominated all our thoughts for for weeks really trying to understand the balance 19 forwards or 18 forwards we actually picked 20 by mistake we did last week, by mistake <laughs> last week. Um, Friday night in Cardiff Saturday night in Cardiff it's all that anyone was really talking about and then Sunday morning we we jump on the 9.30 train from Cardiff and a member of the England squad jumped on the same train in a different carriage which told us that all the breakfast meetings that Steve Borthwick was having with with the players to explain whether they were in or out of the squad had happened and they'd all dispersed for, for their weekend or their 24 hours at home so uh, we were on the train on the way back to London trying to find out who had been told they were in and, and who had been told 
they were out. And with something like this, you, you, you absolutely have to be right. You can't yeah. be yeah. you can't be taking flyers on a, on a story as big and, and, and important as Henry Slade being being dropped from England. So we were checking and double checking, and I, <laughs> I got off the train at Paddington and got on the tube. And while we're trying to check, we're also trying to write some copies so that when we when we actually have it now we can get it published and and i was so distracted by all this i got on the tube going the wrong direction <laughs> so uh, 15 minutes i traveled in the wrong direction with my head down trying to sort of nail this this discussion nail, nail this story you look up and i'm in totally the wrong way get back on it and it was all quite it's quite a sort of exhilarating adrenaline fueled experience quite stressy as well it's stressful it's because well, yeah. you don't want to get it you don't want to get it wrong but there's a real joy in, in getting it right. It's what we do. But yeah. you could have been ended up embarking as well. I, honestly, if I hadn't lifted my head, I would have been. So, yeah, <laughs> I genuinely was going, spent 15 minutes going in the wrong direction. So there you go. The story was, was brought to you from, from, from the... Trains, planes, trains, automobiles. Trains, planes, automobiles <laughs> on the way back from Cardiff. So uh, should we talk about the Slade mission? Because I think that's the one that will have tongues wagging. And we'll get on to a few others as well. But around Cardiff, we were all there over the weekend and having endless discussions about who do you think will be in, who do you think will be out... I don't think one of us, between us three and all the people we were having a beer with and having dinner with and at the stadium with, would yep. have gone, firstly, I'm not sure Slade's going to make it, or I wouldn't have Henry Slade in the squad. But maybe, Steve, is he one of those that once he's not in the squad, you start going, well, do you know what, actually, I can kind of see why. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, first of all, he has been a fabulous player um, over, over the years. He started off, obviously, as a fly half. That was, that was his big metier. That was his place in life. But... Um, he's one of those people who's always in the team and, and never been dropped. And, and, and now and again, you think, well, actually, are, is he just, are they just put him in on, on a team sheet and then discuss the rest rather than um, go straight into what he does? Because he is a great player, but I don't see lately that he's made himself his business to get involved in games so often. Look, when your centre partner always changes, like he did with Henry Slade, and when, when you, you're in the Eddie Jones confusion, you do feel sorry for him. But as you say, Will, I'm not... Uh, when I thought, hang on, Henry Slade, they, they've got to take him. But then you start thinking, you think, well, actually, possibly there are people who deserved it more. Yeah, He's played virtually every game since the last World Cup. Yeah, um, And I think... For me, there's, there's probably one game in that period where he really stamped his authority on it. South Africa, when they beat South Africa here, him and Marcus Smith dovetailed. 21 or November. 21. And he had a couple of outstanding games in, in 19 over in, in Dublin where he scored twice. But also his tactical kicking drove Ireland to distraction. It was, it was mm. brilliant. And he came in for the World Cup quarterfinal against Australia and play, played really well. And actually, people forget, he, off, he played pretty much all the second half of the All Black semi-final at fullback. Yeah. But I think there's loads of layers to this. In my piece today, I compared him to, to Mark Ramprakash, who, when I was growing up, I used to love watching Ramps play for Middlesex as a Middlesex fan. I'd go and summer holidays just sit, sit at Lords in the grandstand and just watch him comp- compile century after century, desperate for him to bring that authority onto the test cricket stage and he never quite did and he retired with an average of 27 I think and I always felt it was such a shame that he never translated that class that he that he had onto the test arena and and I feel that Henry Slade is a bit the same you watch him play for Exeter and he's this smooth classy beautiful rugby player but he's never managed to grab a test match consistently and but I think there are elements to that. I feel part of it's his character. Now, obviously, I don't profess to know the guy that well, but Eddie Jones made him a vice-captain at one point, and, and that was to try and encourage a guy who always seems to me to be quite shy 
to come out of himself. And I, I felt that Steve, you're, you're right. The, there was never there was a revolving kind of midfield dynamic, which is always tricky. But I also felt that when he was playing outside Owen Farrell, who's such a naturally domineering character, he almost didn't back himself to stand up for mm. himself, and he was almost a little subservient to to Farrell. Then he had those days when it was Ford Farrell Slade, and he was like the third wheel of this creative axis and end up having to chuck the ball up which is not him at all so it's not all his fault I'm not you know a lot of it's character a lot of it's circumstance and I just feel the same actually about as I did for, for, with Rampakash that there's a guy of such obvious talent it's never quite translated over 50 plus caps on, onto the test stage I'd, I'd say Alex I, I totally agree with that but, but I, what I would say is in terms of the epitaph on uh, well, well, well not the epitaph let's hope he carries on playing for England for long many years to come but the epitaph on his World Cup mission for me is that didn't quite burst through enough on his own uh, you know using his own ability but B never really had the environment created for him yep. in which he could have been brilliant. So it's it's, it's, a, it's sad. I it's think sad. that's true. So just to nail down the stats on this, and Russ Petty, the the guy who's an, an incredible on Twitter with all these things, told us yesterday. He quote tweeted your piece, Alex, and said since 2020 for England, the most starts wearing number 13, Slade. The second most starts at 12, Slade. The most to match squad appearances by a back. Slade, 30 out of 37. So, in that sense, it is one of the old stages getting dropped, really. Like, he's not an old man, but he's been a key part of this England setup, at least, for a decade now. So, so, when we say he is one of those players who we've all assumed would be there because he's been a mainstay in, in the squad, and the reason it's a shock, even if we feel that he hasn't really taken Test Rugby by the scruff of the neck, the reason it's a shock is because he's always been there. And to go from being in the starting 15 outside of the 33 is a hugely bold call from uh, from Steve Borthwick and, and to bring in a guy Joe Marchant who for that entire period has been on the fringes to the point where he signed for Stade Francais for next season because he didn't think he had an international future sure, anymore sure, um, now sure. he he was one of I think two who no, maybe three because I think George Martin played well who came out of the, the defeat in Cardiff Lewis Ludlam the other one yeah um, him Lewis Ludlam and, and yeah. George Martin came out of that game with their reputation in heart some of the, the angles he cut onto Marcus Smith were, were beautiful He's he brings the versatility of being able to play on the wing as well and, and that is a hallmark of this squad right it's if you're not there's, there's some specialists and then pretty much everybody else outside of the the, the front row nine and nine Need to need to be able to and can play somewhere else. That's what Borthwick has has put a huge amount of stock in that and power. So here's a, a, a debating point for you two. Maybe across the forwards and the backs. Is it a little bit? And I was talking to someone about this yesterday, and they were saying it looks to me a team of Swiss Army knives and also a sort of jack of all trades, master of none type squad. So like, if you're looking at the forwards, you can say across Atoji, Chesser, Martin, Ribbons, Laws, Ludlam. They can all play multiple positions. And then across the backs, Farrell, 10-12. Tulang and Lawrence can play either centre. Marchant can play centre and wing. Watson can play both wings, full-back. Daly can play both wings, full-back, centre. Same with Malins. Like it's it's mm-hmm. a lot of lacking in specialists and so loads of versatility. And maybe is that because almost a third of the squad has had to go on nine front row and six half-backs? I, I'm afraid, well, I, I, I've never agreed with that. I mean, it started with, I think it was Brian Ashton and then Clive Woodward saying, look, it doesn't matter these days about the number on your back. 
Well, actually, it does, because when this plays fluid and you're in the sixth phase, maybe it doesn't matter anymore. I still think rugby's a specialist game. You've got to have people who, are, who, are, who can play in different positions. I think they've gone over the top with it. It's not as if to draft someone in, they, they, they're going to be jack-lagged when they come. You've yeah. got to jump, jump them on the Eurostar. be there in the afternoon, It's, it's different they? in New Zealand, but I think there are too many Swiss Army knives there. Um, of which I think Marchant Marchant is probably one great wholehearted player, but is he going to win the World Cup for England? I don't think so. The thing is, and we're speaking here before Steve Borthwick has, has, has given his explanations, but I know that he'll talk about um, the concussion stand-down period now being potentially 12 days, the growing and enormous likelihood that England are going to lose players to suspension through this World Cup. Every team will. Hmm. So he's got that at the front of his mind as a need to, to ensure that he's got... The requisite cover now. Someone like Joe Marchant, who I think is pretty clearly the last piece of the of the squad jigsaw to be slotted into place. I can see him being in the number twenty-three on the bench because of because he's got he can cover. I don't mind those players being versatile and able to cover different positions because they're on the outside of the the match twenty-three likely. But you, you mentioned to Ollie Chesham, George Martin, they, they can play lock or six. But I, I think they I don't mind it providing that their primary position they are of test. Standard. So I, England need hefty, powerful, tight head locks. And as you described last week, the sheer size of George Martin, yeah. Ollie Chesham, an incredible unit, the same. They're going as England's tight head locks. If they need to deputise at six, they can. But they're going as tight head lock. And, and Elliot Daly, another one, for me, he's going as, as England's left wing. He can deputise at fullback if necessary, if they lose Freddie Stewart. Deputise outside centre if really necessary, but I don't think he's been tested there enough at test level. Provided he's he's tested at his primary position, it's then a real benefit that, he, that they can cover elsewhere. Because Steve is right, there are going to be concussions where players could miss two games. There are going to be red cards where players can miss three or four games. Well, well let's go through some of the um, bigger selections in a second, but just... Let's pause and, and maybe celebrate a couple of the guys who've done exceptionally well to get in. So, like, Theo Dan, extraordinary story, that, isn't it? He started this last season at Amptel on loan. Probably, with all due respect, no one had heard of him until May. And then he's in the England yeah. World Cup score. That's, that's a hell of an effort from him. I think it, if, you, if you saw Sarri's towards the end of last season, even know why he's there, though. Yeah. He's just a storm force. I mean, they need to know. practice his line-out throwing on the basis of Saturday night, but... It's a bit of a Ben Stokes pick that where he talked about Mo and Ali, why he brought him back into the um, Ashes squad. And he was talking about, I've picked him for what he can do on his best days. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you want from Theo Dan, isn't it? So yeah. amazing job for him to get in. The other one you'd mentioned is Ollie Chesham, who had a fractured dislocation of his ankle in March at the end of the Six Nations. And as we spoke about last week, he was one of the standouts in a pretty poor tournament there. Um, and he's now made the squad brilliant effort to get back where at the time we thought that's going to be a long yeah. injury he's not going to be at back for September so there and then Marchant obviously the other one of as you say at the back end of Eddie Jones he chose to take a contract in France because he thought I'm not in this picture at all um, and I wonder whether he might regret it but he's going to a World Cup now and then he can earn a packet in France so Ch- good on Ch- him Chesham as far as I'm concerned is a, v- is a vital player I would have always had him in his squad 
And after half an hour on Saturday, lads, we were very close to the ground in the press box. In fact, we couldn't see much as usual. <laughs> but what we could see was how vast England it was. Were. Blessed relief at times. And, to be well, fair. It was, well, I turned my seat round at one stage, uh, but 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 we could see that the, 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 these massive lads—they were massive. They looked much bigger than Wales. But but when it came down to it, after about 20 minutes, 24 minutes, think, well, they're, they're smashing, smashing, smashing the ball up. They're actually not doing anything. They're not playing any rugby. And what Chesham can do, uh, which I think some of the others can't, is Chesham would have understood taking the ball up and then once or twice just tried something different with it, offloaded or passed behind or something like that. I think, England's- I think, he, I think he's got a, a rugby ability which, which, has, which they need because they've got the size and power have they got a, a, a nose in their game up front? I think I think if England go into a, that Pumas game on September the 9th, and the Pumas will be fit and physical and aggressive. Yeah. And they and England can start with say, Itoji and Chesham. If yeah. And then have George Martin to bring his heft off the bench. You're, yeah. You're retaining that power. Yeah. Sure. For, for the full sure. eighty, like, I think that's a really important combination for England actually. Sure. I think George, it's a sort of person, almost like rugby league. You could actually bring him on for twenty minutes or something like that. You know, you don't you don't even have to keep him on because he's a massive bloke. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's almost like the, the sun had gone in when he came, when he ran, was running up the field. But he's got to have a little bit more than he's got, in my opinion. So, should we talk about now the two I would say most important members of the England squad, Jamie George, yep. and Billy Vinopola. Yeah. So. If either of those get injured, either in the next few weeks or at the World Cup, England are all over the place in the forwards. In every 33, there are, there's going to be a skinny area. Like last World Cup, it was 31, yeah. which meant there are even more. This time, effectively, they've just they've added a tight head, added a scrum half. They've got to be areas where you can't pack it with, with specialists. And, and Borthwick, through, through choice at number eight, has gone with one specialist number eight. So just to be clear for everyone listening who hasn't seen it, Tom Willis is not in, Alex Dombrun is not in, and they're basically using Lewis Ludlam's cover across yeah. the whole back row and possibly Tom Curry if they're desperate. But well, Billy's on his own. Whereas Hooker, the, circ- the circumstance is one that Borthwick has largely inherited. Um, there's one or two others he might have looked at. Tom Dunn, real sort of set-piece, mauling. But really, he's, he's got Jamie George, British and Irish Lion, caps of what? 80-odd caps? Just below, yeah. Just below 80 caps. And then, and then a gap to Jack Walker, who's got three caps, who went on a summer tour last year to Australia and wasn't used. Uh, won three caps in the Six Nations, a grand total of about 35 minutes in f- over five tests, two of which he wasn't even used in. Wasn't trusted to even come off the bench. And then behind him, Theo Dan, who came off the bench for his debut, who's a real, like I said, a kind of shout Brit-style mm. hooker in the loose, Really raw in the in the tu- in the set piece, but in, immense potential and really exciting and great great for him to be there. But Jamie George will have to play a lot of minutes at this World Cup because at least to start the tournament. Yeah, mm. oh, in, the, well, in the big in the big yeah. games, so Argentina probably Japan and then Samoa. If, well, hope, if England have won the two games, they're going to go through, aren't they? So then they could mess around again. He's going to have Samoa to play a lot of minutes and not get injured. Yeah. And also, Jamie's one of those guys, uh, I mean, we keep on going on about the 03 team, in which they were all leaders. This team hasn't got the whole team of leaders, and Jamie's desperately needed for that as well. He uh, is. As, 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 far, as far as it goes with Billy, one thing I've learned over the last six, six or seven weeks is the advance of, of recovery and, and treatment, because I, I sat down with Billy some weeks ago. He said, next Thursday, 
Thursday at 2 o'clock, I'll be having my final session of this, that and the other. In two days' time, I'll be jogging. Four days after that, I'll be running. And he, and he said, on this date, I'll be ready to play. And he was dead right all the time. So it's, 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 to be fair to Billy, we think, oh, he's a bit overweight and all that. He's really applied himself and deserves to be in. But I'm afraid I don't, Will, I don't believe that Lewis Ludham is is a, anything like a, an apt replacement should should Billy fall over. I would have taken Tom Willis definitely because uh, he's the sort of guy that could have really, really blossomed out there. Uh, so I'm a bit, a bit dodgy with that. And it does, it's amazing because the guy with the biggest injury crisis coming into it isn't, is now the guy who hasn't got a backup. So so I'm not, not very happy with that. I and, think if, if Billy gets an injury that rules him out of the World Cup, Tom Willis is the one who has to come yeah, in. Yeah, no, sure. Um, sure. Alex Dombrandt, no. what a wonderful Premiership player, attacker. Playing over the road at Quinn suits him perfectly. He started all six games under Steve Borthwick and was nearly dropped twice and now, and, and now has been. He just doesn't... He doesn't fit what what England what England need. I think it's a shame for Tom Willis. He actually had a he had a rib cartilage issue in the Six Nations. It's just come a bit too soon for him. I think I think the whole circumstance for Borthwick, where he's trying to fast track everything, he doesn't really have time where he, where, where he has a decision which he didn't really have at hooker. Mm. Doesn't really have time to to develop players now. To over pick the, the next, green option, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think with Ludlam, you talk about leadership of Jamie George. Lewis Ludlam is the Northampton Saints captain. And I actually think he's really important in this squad. As someone said to me yesterday, oh, if, you know, if England have to go up against South Africa, mm. Ludlam will get smashed. I was like, well, if Ludlam's going to get smashed, then Don Brown's going to get smashed. So the only one who isn't is Willis. And I think for understandable, if slightly disappointing reasons, it, it's come a bit too soon for him. So I think they back... You know, there are other options. They could play a dynamic Ben Earl off, off number eight. Mm. They could play Tom Curry off number eight, which they, which they have done in the past. I just think, basically, before we got any intelligence yesterday about what the squad was, I was planning to write, on the basis that, we, in case we didn't hear anything, I was going to write a piece about what my World Cup squad was going to be. And I'd come to the conclusion, as we got on that train in Cardiff, that, that to get the right balance, Lewis Ludlam would, would be my backup at, mm. at number eight. Okay. So just to, to round off the ins and outs, let's go through the outs, I suppose. So we've mentioned a few of them, but Jamie Blamire, Johnny Hill, Tom Pearson, who made his debut on Saturday in Cardiff, Tom Willis, Alex Dombrant, Henry Slade, as you all know now, Guy Porter, Joe Thockenasiga, Johnny May and Caden Murley are the ones that are out. And before we move on and talk about some other teams and things like that, should we just do a little note on the match uh, well, look look back at Saturday and look forward to the Saturday coming. I think we'll all agree that while Wales were very good, England were desperate. But I suppose we see the context of it now that basically none of that team were going to the World Cup. But maybe the point I was going to make about the week coming is that they've really now got to see the first 15 twice. They've got to play them as much as they can, injuries aside, here against Wales next Saturday and then in Dublin the following week. They They can't be messing about... Thinking of the fringe lads, because Argentina first game is in now a month's time. There's no, there's no easy start like there was at the last uh, World Cup. I, I agree. Well, also uh, when they play the, the, the two strong teams, uh, they've they've got to do a little bit better than dominating 65 percent of the match territory and not scoring a single try. And what we haven't spoken about yet this year, uh, this year. <laughs> probably this year what we haven't spoken about today is their their ability to get themselves on the board in any way apart from penalties and now it's going to be really 
A, they need a, uh, a scrum half who doesn't kick the, the box at all the time. I know Danny McKay was playing under orders. B, Farrell and Ford between them, or whoever it is, has got to be inspirational. And, and, and in honour of, uh, of the guy they checked out in midfield, the new midfield has got to play bloody well. And, and, and start being more creative. And there's got to be more of a creative tie-up with the back row and, and, and the forwards have got to you know, get the ball away out of contact now and again rather than trying to smash someone. So as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I don't care on the weekend if England concedes six tries for defence, that can come another day. We have to see England with a freshness, a boldness, and an ability to score tries. And the team they picked would all be out there. So Mr Farrell... Etc. It's up, and, and, and another thing they've got to do is they have to find a way to attack from the back because the fullback uh, is a, one of the best players in the year you'd ever see, but not so good at initiating attacks. So, sure, as you mean, yeah. So, so, so they've got to. Um, the, the, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this week they've got to show something. A because they have anyway, and B to get Twickenham back in the game. The question without Henry Slade is: What does that look like? What, does, what do England? What does England's first fifteen look like? Certainly in the back division. If you look, if you think of Owen Farrell at Saracens, he's got the playmaking foil of Alex Good playing for fullback as his second. The team have a second outlet there. Yeah. Plus Lazowski, who's, yeah. who's perfectly capable of, of and doing daily, that himself a lot mm-hmm. when and he's daily. fit. So Steve's point about creativity out in the back, I think, will come from Daly. He'll be picked at left wing, but I think if you've got Daly, Watson, and Stewart, there's a lot of interchange. There, put Stewart where the high ball is going to be, and put Daly where he can affect things offensively. He could play like Willie Larue a little bit. I think he? he could do, but then you then it's ten, twelve, thirteen, and if you remove Slade from the equation, your options are Route One, Full Metal Jacket, Farrell, Manu, Ollie Lawrence, who is not just a, a thumper. There is no. there's way more to him than that. He's been a bit pigeonholed as as just a kind of Manu light, or not not lighter than Manu, but you know what I mean, second Manu. But that is so. Even with Daly on the wing, I think you're telegraphing exactly what you're going to do. And I don't think big, like, I don't think Argentina are going to be too worried about big lads running at them. They've got to be, there's got to be a bit more. They'll to be it. welcoming it. Well, they'd love it more than what Marcus Smith talked about what England want to do, which is have everyone running at angles and, and hmm. confuse them. In which case, they're going to end up playing Farrell at 12. Which you can hear the, 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 everyone then, around England going, oh my so God. So then the conversation is again. is it Marcus Smith and Farrell? Which is a an experiment. I say it's still an experiment. Eddie Jones spent a year trying to make it work and it didn't. Or is it Ford Farrell Manu, which was exactly what England had at the last World Cup, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. That England team that made the World Cup final was the youngest team in the professional era to make a World Cup final. So it shouldn't be a surprise that a lot of them are still in the team. But hasn't that combination hasn't been used for four years, pretty much? Because I mean, Ford was around in the, sort of the COVID. Six Nations, but really wasn't around towards the end of it because they, they focused on Smith. So I just think taking Slade out of it makes that conversation really interesting and for me puts Farrell as a, as a live contender to play 12. Yeah, it, it does, but if he doesn't, I mean, I wouldn't play him there, but you're right, he is now a contender. These are international rugby players. The England's international team, surely they've got to trust someone who's a touch player or a little bit like a touch player, see what they can do. Um, and actually, you know, Anthony Watson, 
great player tends to stay on his wing. Now, in the absence of a, a real attacking fullback, Anthony Watson should should drop back and take some of those high kicks, even if he's not so solid. Because he and Daly, they have got talents, but not as if not as if they not if they stuck out on the wing on on the left and right wing. I think Daly, it's it's like England on Saturday, be like watching Harry Kane with Tottenham. They, none of them can attack, but they have got one boy, one bloke who can and scores all the goals. And he's off to uh, the Bayern Munich. <laughs> well, let's not let's not go on, take, go on with sorry, that now. Sorry. He's um, but uh, but I think Daly is one of those. I, I think Daly, frankly, is the key player on the weekend to see what he can do. Well, let's see what happens on the weekend. We, you, England have got their squad now. We know the thirty-three men injuries aside and all that. But why don't we spend a few minutes talking about some of the other nations around the world who've played over the weekend before we wrap up and, and move on. Right, lads, so we've done loads on England, which is absolutely fair enough, but we should we should do five minutes on Wales just because, Steve, it looks like Warren Gatlin's doing it again. Yeah. A, a bunch of players that maybe aren't household names, but blimey, they look fit and clever and full of nous and intelligence, yeah. didn't they, on Saturday? They, they, they got a footballing ability there. I mean, people have always said that there's a native footballing ability there, that the tens know what, they, what, they, what they're supposed to do you know, in, in their heads rather than on a coaching thing. Sometimes that's right, sometimes it's not. Um, I, I just thought that uh, to have Wainwright, who's had a really, really low-key couple of seasons, back at the same time as Gatlin comes back, and Gatlin's the man who's, uh, after all, Gatlin's the man who discovered Faletau and Wainwright, to have those two back was a huge boost. I think that second rows, who've had question marks against them, played well. Not sure about the scrum. Uh, they were a little bit tubby, those front, Welsh front rowers, bless them, but they did okay. But I don't think that, I think that a lot of that was down to the referee bailing them out. But um, I, I just think that they knew how to do it at the end. They had, they had more rugby ability in them, more finishing power. George North was probably halfway back to his best, and the third choice fly half Costello I thought did really well. So, what what Wales needed is this needed something to get them going before the World Cup. I mean, I, I I'm not so sure the gaps would be that bothered about the other three games, but you know, if if they if he if he brings in some of his first team for Twickenham, that'll be interesting too. So at least we know that they're not going to be complete rubbish because some of the stuff was good. When we were in the um, there's a corridor at the. Principality Stadium at the bottom of the stairs that come down from the changing room and we spoke to Steve Borthwick there and then he left a few minutes later furrowed brow heading for the the team bus about 10 minutes after that Gatlin came sort of breezing down the stairs with a beer in his hand and just looked over and went we're fitter than them <laughs> with, like a, with a wicked smile on his face and walked off um, Cheshire I, I, cat but they I, were I take it he didn't mean the coaching group <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think anyone's taken on Alan Richard Walters, Wigglesworth, Wigglesworth. <laughs> no, no. Kevin Sinfield did, did, did you can't say hold my beer mate while I talk to you <laughs> yeah. but, um, but they were and you, you mentioned Aaron Wayne right there who was at, I thought was outstanding and it makes you wonder what happened to him under Pivac and, and where that you know, that guy who was so good at the 19 World Cup coming again which is really exciting and really important for for Wales and then of course Jack Morgan who will, will forever have the iconic tackle on Tom Pearce and the sort of George North tackle on uh, Israel Falau the yeah the Gavin Henson tackle on Matthew Tate it was in that sort of yes, genre was. but but beyond that he was just immense and you talk about the, this innate footballing ability that Wales have they also have this extraordinary I guess conveyor belt of open side flankers you know Sam Warburton was was at the game I think 
Yeah. Who would have been looking down from the stand on this young kid, just been made captain, just before a World Cup, coming out and, and his all-round performance was just outstanding. And, and it's performances like that from individuals that Gatland can build something around. Yes. And we all know his track record of building these things quickly. I don't think you can quite compare him to England based on that because that England team half of them aren't even going to the World Cup. No, sure. But do your instinct says that, that he's made more of an impact in his in pretty much the same amount of time than Borthwick has managed so far with, with England? Well, one thing I, I am worried about for Jack Morgan is that his ear's going to fall off. Ooh. It looks horrible, yeah. doesn't it? Like, we were sitting next to each other, Alex, in the press box at the Principality Stadium, and we had the sort of Amazon TV guys were sitting in front of us and they had quite a big screen, which was quite helpful because sometimes you can't see it with the overhang of the stand at, in Cardiff. But at the anthem, we were like, the circulation's gone to half his ear. It's going purple. <laughs> so maybe his ears are World Cupped out, but he's maybe, certainly well, going. Maybe the best ears since Graham Rowntree retired. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> we, we, better, we better touch on um, the proud Scots as well. They were celebrating a, a pretty good victory over the French. I suppose, as Stuart Barnes was writing in the paper on Monday today for us quite a lot of context to that win though French second slash third team mm-hmm. really but if you're Scotland you're going we've picked our best team we beat France so there you go you can beat what's in front of With, you and I guess one of the big learnings from I hate that phrase one of the big uh, things you can learn from that game was, was what happened to Xander Ferguson he went in for a, a genuine clear out he didn't come flying in head first but there was a there was a collision head to head, and he's sent off via the bunker, which is new, and that and he's got sent off for the similar thing, I think a year ago, two years ago, two the years ago. Wales, yeah. So he's going to get that would be a six week entry, probably reduced by game. He's looking at a four game ban. Hmm. Now it wasn't vicious, it wasn't it wasn't re- it was it would be counted as reckless, but it wasn't hmm. it wasn't out there to hurt somebody. He was no. out there trying to effect a clear out on a someone who was quite upright himself. Got, just got it a bit wrong. Now that happens in. Game one of the World Cup yeah. for Scotland. That's probably your entire tournament over. Yeah. You can't replace him in the squad. Yeah. So if you want to bring a, a third prop out, you have to send someone else yeah. home, presumably. It's just it, 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 and, and it's, also it's a warning to everyone that this World Cup is going to be really impacted by small incidents. Just quickly also, too, because the, the second TMO system, because it was the first time we'd seen it in in, in Scotland working. I think the guy was bound to get his red card. I agree, I agree. Bound to get red card. Just quickly too, let's see what ban he does get. But it, uh, Scotland's first World Cup game is South Africa. Yeah, and you don't want to lose your best tight end no. for that, do you? No. So I, I think if he's banned for four games, he that, a bit like Hartley in 2015. So do you take him? Yeah, you may you may not take him. But there we go. But, 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 and just say what I what I took out of that game well is because we saw it uh, in the media box. A Scotland did come back to win, and good luck to them. They've got something there. And B, all right, France lost lost it in the second quarter. My God, they got four or five players there. You could slot straight in yeah. to the big team. Walkie for one. Just, just on Scotland's come out, having Darcy Graham back in that team is, is massive yeah, for them. Isn't yeah, it? He's, yeah. he's real. He's quality, quality wing. Yeah. So, two other uh, results that we should better mention before we do our God or Goddess of the week: Australia losing late to New Zealand, but playing much better. And Eddie Jones coming out saying, "Not only do I think we're going to win, the, we will win the World Cup now. Like it's confirmed. So we might as well not bother." Yeah. Well, I'm going to cancel for All Blacks. Have you cancelled your trip? I've cancelled. 
I'm not going to that now. It's just one-sided. <laughs> it's amazing because there's going to be eight teams that are going to win this World Cup, aren't there? So it might be like the first shared octagonal yeah. tournament ever. It's going, be, it's going to be a major presentation ceremony. All <laughs> it's going to take forever. It was, I haven't watched the game. It was it was an afternoon kickoff in Dunedin, I think. So yeah, 3, 3 a.m. Yeah. Looking at how it went, I can sort of imagine that Australia started fast. They were 17 nil. Yeah, 17 nil. Yeah. But then second second all black team mind. Yeah. All black second team Shad- dominated the, the next hour and won it yeah. at, at yeah. the end. And I think Eddie will, will always talk talk up that team because he has to. But if, if you get edged out by the, the, the all black second team, I think that that does show how far you've still yeah. got to travel. The other result was that South Africa put thirty odd on Argentina, which I don't know. They trailed at half much, time. Yeah, but mm. they came through again and they won. Came through so again, yeah. they're just going to be. Bloody good at the World they Cup. Are going to be good, good. <laughs> Do you know? I, I didn't. Want, I didn't think the te- the, their team so similar to the one, one that won last time. I thought they'll never carry on, but it looks like they may well do. Yeah. Simple as that. I think that, that they beat obviously they beat England here in November. They beat Australia at the start of the, of the rugby championship, and they've landed some blows on New Zealand and South Africa. Yeah. yeah, they haven't. They haven't lasted the eighty, but they've landed some blows, and that will worry England. I think yeah. because yeah. England aren't of the level of South Africa or New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you actually else? think, lads, that? Um, now we've had two weeks. Of the, uh, we've had uh, a week of these games, and, and then we've had the Southern Hemisphere stuff. It is getting quite exciting, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's, it's building. It's building up now. It's building up. Oh, we've had know. squads. Samoa, the Samoa squad was announced on Sunday. Yeah, with Christian Leliafano in it, Stephen Luatour in it, um, Charles Famuina in it, Titi Lamastelli. Yeah, ex uh, <sighs> USA. All, all requalified. Like bloody brilliant. They're brilliant. Fiji in that Australia. Wales group those games against Fiji are going to be awesome all black squads even, out as well. even Georgia against Australia you think you remember what Georgia did to Wales at, yeah, sure. in Cardiff yeah, so set their scrum on the Wallabies my god what can you know it, so it really is it's, it's, it is getting exciting well let's let's round up now because we better move on because Steve Borthwick will be coming and chatting to us soon but right. should we do a, a, a quick do we have to go to that yeah <laughs> we're going to go to it come on um, we're going to do a quick God or Goddess of the Week and then we'll leave you guys to it so I'm going to go with mine first I mentioned him already Jack Morgan Epic, tackling, yeah. jackling, all over the place. Wales have found another seven, and it's ridiculous they keep doing it. So he's my God of the Week. Steve? Uh, my God of the Week would be Aaron Wainwright, because Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Wainwright adds something. He's got a certain magic about him, and he's really compelling. So welcome back, Aaron, and wherever you've been, and uh, hope you keep going. Well, you've got anyone left? No. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, pick, I'll pick Jack Morgan out of the two of them, but both made... Valley cases. I think they both they both had a big week, and that is massive for Wales. Well, there you go. That has been the pod. We're live at Twickenham. We'll be back again next week, as ever, and for every week until there's a World Cup winner, and then beyond through the season, everything else. But from a sunny Twickenham, goodbye to Steve. Bye. Thanks for listening. And goodbye to Alex. Thank you. And goodbye from me too. Thanks for listening. And this episode was produced on the road by Alfie Reynolds, as ever. Thanks for listening. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.